simply the good news of Jesus Christ. So this angel was a predecessor of John the Baptist. Even John the Baptist wasn't the first, the first communicator of the gospel. This angel is. And this angel is showing up. He's like, hey, I am a messenger, a preacher of the gospel. I'm, I'm bringing some good news that's going to be great joy. And I love what he says. He says it's for all people. I sat and thought about that. I wonder, as he's talking to these shepherds, these sinful, unlawful, unclean, spiritually impure men, and he goes, hey, I am coming with a message of great news and great joy for all people. And I wonder if maybe that angel pointed to those men. For all people, including you. You see, sometimes I think we can get so religious that we, 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 <laughs> we puff ourselves up and we think, I'm, I've got it going on. I think God's impressed with me. Because we can get religious. You know, I, I, I got the attend church, my gold star. I, I didn't miss church once this year. God's impressed with me. I, 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 I can say the books of the Bible from Genesis to maps without missing it. God's impressed with me. You got that right. Maps comes after Revelation. Okay, I know it's early. Keep with me. But we sometimes think God's impressed with me. So I deserve God's attention. I, I deserve what, what God, no, no. None of us deserve anything from God. We're all sinners. And that's the good news. That's the great joy is in this moment, this angel is declaring that God's changing everything. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. This, good, this message of, of good news, this gospel, this great joy is for all people, even you guys. And they're delivering this message. But what is this good news? In verse 11, he tells us what this good news is. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. This day, there's someone born. In verse 12, it says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You would have thought, that this message of great news, this message of great joy, this message that for all people, they would have said, there is a soldier that's come, a general. There is a politician that's going to change everything. There is, there is a businessman who is so wealthy, he's able... No, no, they're like, a baby will be the sign. You're going to find this baby in a manger in swaddling clothes. In fact, swaddling clothes are just strips of linen. It's not even a onesie. It's just strips of linen wrapped around the baby. You like that, didn't you, Kara? That's the sign. This baby is bringing the great joy. This baby is bringing the good news. And this is what this baby is going to do. And so he says, for unto you this day. Now that's another key, this day. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. He's like, the angel is saying, today, 
Everything has changed. Today, now the voice of God is about to speak after 400 years. Today, light is bursting forth into the darkness. Today, people who have been bound and captive to sin are going to be set free. Today, God is present in the world. Today, this day. He says, born unto you this day. He says, in the city of David. And now he gives the mission of this baby. A savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the mission of this baby. A savior who is Christ the Lord. And in that mission statement, there are three titles for this baby. One, savior. This baby is the savior. The savior not for only a few people, not for only one kind of person, not for only one country. It is for all people. He is the savior for all people for all time. And the reason he's got to be the savior is because you and I are sinners. People cannot get themselves to God. Our sin separates us from God. Our sin has created a chasm between us and God. Our sin has created enmity between us and God. There's hostility between us and God because of our sin. And so man, yeah, we think, you see, and this is the difference between the religions of the world say we get to God. It's what we do. We just be religious enough. We follow the rules enough. We, we, we do everything we can. It's our works. It's our merit. It's our good deeds. We do all these things. That gets us to God. The angel is saying, that's not the case anymore. God has come to us. And the Savior is going to save us. The Savior, this baby, is going to become the Savior of the world. But not only does he say he's Savior... But he also says that he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one, meaning he's the only one. And, and this angel is basically saying um, he will be the way. As we see in so many, even before Jesus is even out of the, the, the manger, we already see the, the, the exclusion one way. Where it will get to the place in the book of Acts where it will say the only way man can be saved is through the name of Jesus Christ. The Savior, Jesus, is the Messiah, the anointed one. But also it says his third title, that he is the Lord. That is now declaring his authority, his supremacy. Jesus is a baby in the manger, but he was born still as king. And Lord, in fact, this is what Isaiah chapter nine is all about. It says, for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end. This angel is declaring that he is the Savior, he is the Christ, he is Lord. That is who Jesus, his baby, is going to become. And then he goes on and he says, it says in verse 13, 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. So now, not only were these shepherds freaked out about the one angel, now it says there is a multitude of heavenly hosts. Can anybody, I don't know how many a multitude is. I have a feeling it's probably more than three or four. I have a feeling it's probably more than 50 or 60. I have a feeling multitude probably is in the upwards of thousands. I mean, one angel, the glory of the Lord is shown around them. I'm sitting there wondering when a multitude of heavenly hosts show up, are the people in Bethlehem going, what in the world? Why is the countryside lit up like a Roman torch? What is going on? And now you have not just one angel, but a multitude. And they're praising God. The choir breaks out with Christmas carols. But here's what they begin to say. Glory to God in the highest. The first thing they do is they give glory to God. And the question has got to be asked is why are they giving glory to God? Because the angels know everything is about to change. You see, the Bible tells us that the angels wanted to be able to see what you and I see. The angels don't understand sin. The angels don't understand the need for a savior. The angels don't understand what you and I go through. And the Bible says that they want to see the mystery. Now they, are, they understand things are going to change. And they're giving glory to God because it's no longer man striving and trying to achieve to get to God. It is God coming to us. That God, the second person of the Godhead, God the Son, Jesus, who was already king, becomes a baby. And this baby will grow up to be a man. And this man will be a servant. And this servant will become obedient to lay his life down for the sheep. And will die on a cross. And be the savior of every man, woman, and child. They're giving glory to God because everything is about to change. And then they say, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The English Standard Version says, with whom he is pleased. The NIV says, peace to those who's, whom his favor rests. The King James Version says, goodwill toward men. That's usually the version we most know is goodwill toward men. Now, when it's talking about like the ESV, whom, his whom he pleases, or the NIV, whom his favor rests upon, or the King James, goodwill toward men. That is not saying that God looks to man and says, oh, they're good. No, no, no. It's still saying God looks at man and says, they don't deserve it, but I'm going to extend the good. I'm going to show them goodwill. I'm going to do what only I can do. And here's what pleases God is when you and I come to that place where we receive Christ by faith and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. That is what pleases the Lord. Because the book of Hebrews says it is impossible to please God apart from faith. So if the way we please the Lord, what pleases God is the fact that he gave salvation 
as a gift. And when people take that gift and they appropriate that gift into their life, realizing I'm a sinner and my sin separates me from God. And that gift brings peace. You see, when it says, and peace on earth, the peace that these, these angels are describing is not peace on earth, as in no more war, as in I wish everybody could just get along. The peace on earth is what one Bible commentator says, and he says it this way. While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. You see, the real peace isn't that everything is going great in my outward, outside world. The real peace is what I have between me and God. You see, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 tells us that we have been justified through faith in Christ. That word justified means to be made right. Righteous in God's eyes. So we have been, if you know Christ as your savior, you have been justified. You've been made right before God. And then it says, and because we've been justified through faith in Christ, we now have peace with God. Not just the peace of God, you have peace with God. Because as I said earlier, apart from Christ, you're still in your sin. And when you're still a sinner, you're dead before God spiritually. There's enmity between you and God. There's hostility between you and God. Your sin separates you from God. You're, you're, you're without hope. You have no eternal life apart from God because as a sinner, we, don't, we, don't, we can't get it. But when I take the gift that God sent, which is Jesus Christ and him dying on a cross, when I take that gift and I receive it into my life and I, and I admit I am a sinner. God, I am a sinner. Jesus, save me. In that moment, I now have peace with God because I have appropriated what only Christ can do. And I have received that gift of eternal life through him and only him because he's the savior, he's the Messiah, and he is the Lord. So today, this Christmas morning, if you know Jesus as your savior, I pray these words have been an encouragement to you. I pray that this Christmas morning you're walking out, you're going home, and, and you just take a moment and, and you gather your family together and you, and you just pray. Jesus, thank you for saving us. And rejoice in the fact that you have peace with God and that Jesus is your ultimate gift. But today, if you don't know Christ as your savior, I pray that these words have challenged you. I pray that these words can change your heart, that you would come to the place of confessing your sin and receiving the ultimate gift you could ever receive on Christmas Day, and that is the forgiveness of your sins and the eternal life that can be yours through Christ. Amen? Why don't we all stand? We'll get ready to close. But let me just pray.
So, Father, we are so grateful for loving us. We're so grateful for sending Jesus to die for us and to be that Savior, the Christ and Lord. And we know we don't deserve because we are the sinner. And Jesus, you were born to be a Savior, the Savior of the world, the Savior for all people. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter our race. It doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter our political stance. It doesn't matter anything. Lord, we all are sinners, and we all fall short of your glory, and it's only through faith in Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that today, that these words, these six simple verses have been an encouragement to, an, to a, a heart, maybe, that has been sad through this time. Lord, I pray that these words have been an encouragement to a person today who has just maybe felt like, I don't know. But Lord, I pray that these words have been a challenge also to anyone who is here today and does not know Christ. So Jesus, we thank you. We just celebrate. We just rejoice in this Christmas morning. And we just thank you. And we give you all the glory, Father, just as these angels did. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen.